All right, we've been on a bit of a journey here concerning friends, and as I stated when I started this series, uh, as I was uh, preparing for it, thinking about it, feeling that this is what we needed to talk about, um, I, I got into it and I thought, well, you know, really friends, you know, is that really that important? And we started going through and seeing that in Scripture there were many that were friends with each other. And, and we talked about, uh, in particular, uh, there's, there's several, but in particular, Jonathan and David and how they became very close together and to such a point that they ended up helping each other. Jonathan, or Jonathan helped or David even though his father was against him. And, and, and we see that throughout the scriptures, there's much more said about friends than what we probably most of us realize. My challenge is how do we get that to a point where we're not just saying, oh, this is just to talk about friends? Because I think it's much more than that. Matter of fact, it's more important than I would have ever dreamed of when I started the series. It's actually been really impacting me and capturing my attention about the importance and the value of friends. Uh, we started out with these verses, uh, which I think should have set the stage and the foundation anyway. John chapter 15 and verse 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. Uh, this is Jesus speaking to, 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 to us. I don't want you just to be a servant. I don't want you to think that I'm up on this cloud and you're down here and just this religious thing that we're doing and I just want you to do what I say and so forth. I want you to know that I want you to be my friend. I thought, wow, what an awesome thing, again, for the creator of the world to uh, look down and, and, and give us these words. Then, then the other key scriptures that we were have been working off of is in Ecclesiastes chapter Four, and we really did 9 to 12, but I want to back it up one because it kind of sets the stage here for those verses. There is a person without a companion, without even a son or a brother, and though there is no end to all of his struggles or strivings, his eyes are still not content. And I thought, wow, there's, there's this whole issue just before he steps into this next part of the verses which say, Two, which we would be all familiar with, I think, two are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. I, I tell you, that's just such a clear, strong warning from, from your creator, from your God, to say, hey, listen, don't be alone in this journey. You need to connect in. And he's just tying it together with me being really friends. And then Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 8. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Uh, three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning that the eyes of our understanding would be open. Even as we look through your word, Lord, we, have, we would have fresh revelation of what you want us to hear and know. You, you went to great lengths to keep your word <laughs> in our hands. And God, we want to just hear from you today as we go through it. In Jesus' name, amen. I ended last time, last Sunday, with giving us three, really three challenges. The first one is uh, concerning friends is 
maybe I have some friends that I need to step back from. I mean, they're just, they're just, uh, they're, they're, they're not the best friends to have. They continue to lead me in a certain direction. We're going to see how that happens uh, this morning. And the number two challenge was maybe I have some people that I need to allow to be my friends. There's some people that are around me that would be there for me and want to be that, but yet I some for some reason I just keep resisting that. I just suddenly keep resisting that. There's, there's not going to come a depth of friendship there. And then the third thing is that maybe I need to be a better friend. Maybe you need to be a better friend this morning to the people around you. Uh, and and, and it, is this important? Is this biblical? I believe it is, and, and I hope to show you some more this morning how it is. I came across this uh, quote. Actually, Patricia gave it to me last night, and I just thought it was amazing. It's by Chris Ballatin. Uh, many of you are familiar with him. It says, you can't find your purpose until you have found your people. Because your ultimate purpose is in your people. Two is better than one. Threefold cord, not easily broken. And, and, and we, we see, even with Jesus, as we mentioned the last couple of weeks, the first thing he did when he came to planet Earth was he gathered around him 12 people. And then we know he also had three that he was closer to. And then we had John, whose book we've been reading through over this last 21 days, or last half of that, uh, that was very close to God himself writing all these words. And I hope if you've been doing that, uh, many have, it's been an amazing journey. There's so many things that are popping up that you just don't see until you stop and begin to read and meditate on the word and let the word read you and speak to you. Um, the, the importance of, uh, of us recognizing that Everything that God has ever done on the earth has never been with one person. Even in the beginning when he created man, what did he say? Hey, it's not good for you to be alone. You need to have somebody. And, and I don't know that that was just strictly a, a principle of getting a wife, although that's really good. Come on. It is. Should have been more amens, guys. I was giving you opportunity. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Come on. One more opportunity to say amen. You missed it. Let me think one more thing here. I'm so happy for my wife. All right. So anyway, when you look at the scriptures, here's what we see. Uh, throughout the scriptures, both in the Old and the New, he starts out through the Old Testament, and the term that you will find uh, 234 times is my people. My people. So he's referencing his people over and over. And he's never saying my person. He's always saying my people. When you come to the New Testament, he transitions that to what we would call the church. And when we know the church, what the word church itself means is a called out people. A group of people, a called out people that come together just like we are doing here this morning. This is the church. If you weren't here, this wouldn't be the church. It would just be an empty building. Right? And, and when you see the church in the New Testament, it's, it's 73 times where he says, it's my church, my church. And so he's, he's trying to communicate something to us about this whole area of our, our relationship to each other. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be what? My people. 
So he's bringing this thing out. Philippians chapter uh, 1, verses 3 through 5, Paul brings it up this way. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of what? Your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So, so we see revolved in the entire Bible. It's my people, my church. God's building something, and it's not just about it, one person. But he has what? Uh, Paul also goes on to say it's, there's one body, right? There's one body. There's one church. There's, and the joint supply and so forth. And so there's a message coming through that we, we don't want to miss. Even the word itself, friend, is found 113 times in the New Testament alone. It's just amazing how often this topic is coming up. And again, the more I'm researching, the more it's really plowing me a little bit deeper concerning this. And, and I hope that some of this changes us. Uh, here's, here's some quotes about friends that I'm sure you would have all heard if you've been to any kind of uh, conferences or listened to anything at all. It says, show me your top five friends, and I will show you your future. Another one says it this way, show me your friends, <laughs> I'll tell you who you are. True? This one here is good. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I wonder if that's why people start looking like their dog. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Okay, I'm not against that. All right. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Dr. Howard Hendricks tells us this. Two things will most influence where you'll be in 10 years. The books you read and the friends you make. And all, all four of those quotes are really a very biblical principle. And I want to show you that here in just a minute. But here's what we have to realize before we go another step is that we have to get this part right. We really have to get it right. We're not trying to become a, a, a monastery full of monks where all we do is gather around these perfect people around us. That's not what we're talking about here today. What we're talking about is who are the people that you're really going to become friends with? Who are you going to really let influence your life? Because that's really what happens. Because we really will have uh, friends outside of some of the things I'm going to say to you this morning. You will have friends outside of that. But I'm talking about close friends. Who are you pulling in around you that are uh, affecting your life and, and, and influencing your lives. Because definitely friends influence our life. 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15 and verse 33, listen to this. Do not be deceived, bad company ruins good morals. So notice who you hang around with are going to affect actually your morals. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 24 Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways, listen to this, and entangle yourself in a snare. Some of us wonder why we struggle a lot in certain areas. It could be potentially the friends that you've chosen to spend a lot of time with. And, 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 and we, we just, again, need to see it. Proverbs 12, 26, one who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Proverbs 13, 20. Whoever walks with the wise become wise. 
So see, those, those five close friends are influencing you in some way, one way or the other. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. So what should, uh, what should friends do? What should friends do? Uh, the type of people that you want to have in that close circle. Again, remember, Jesus had 12, then he had three, Peter, James, and John, and then he had John. What should friends be like? Friends should, number one, make you stronger. Make you stronger. In other words, your, your life will be stronger because of the people that you've pulled in around you at this close level. We're not just talking about parameter friends. We're talking about the close ones. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. In other words, it's important that we are building each other up. And, and, and uh, Hebrews 10, uh, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see this day approaching. The word encourage means to add courage or to strengthen them. So how are your friends adding courage to you or strengthening you on your journey? And you just can sometimes just step back and evaluate it. Well, if I'm with so-and-so, I'm always going to be doing this. Or I end up doing this. I, and, and, and just begin to take a, a little bit closer look at those friends. Philippians uh, 2 and verse 4. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others also. So friends should be making you stronger. They should be pouring into your life. And always take the reverse on this too. What are you doing for your friends? How are you encouraging them? Are you strengthening them? Are you pouring into them? And, and we mentioned last week is so often we get together and we talk on this surface level. How's, you know, how's politics? How's sports? How's the weather? All of those things. And, and we never get down to this level where we're really reaching into the heart of our friends, the close people that we're to walk with and to journey with to find out, man, how are you really doing? I mean, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it a little bit odd that uh, every time that you see on the news when somebody commits suicide or does something really stupid, a mass shooting or something, that the, their next door neighbors, I would have never thought that of them. I thought, wow, you just never got deep with them. You never, you got, never got to that level. And I, I think God's wanting us as, as his church, his people, uh, to, to begin to consider, can we get closer to each other, or are we going to just come and exist together on a Sunday morning and then disperse and then come back and say, hey, the next, the next week? You're not encouraging one another that way, amen? Are you with me? Are you hearing me this morning? He's, he's calling us out. He's, I want you to be a friend, and the word friend is different. It's, it's different than uh, checking somebody on, on Facebook, Right? This is way different, and, and, and yet we're stuck in that zone in our culture right now, it seems. I thought maybe it would be good for us to maybe look and see what were some of the things, what was some of Jesus' criteria for his friends? What would he say uh, about this? And, and so I want to give us a, several different points here, just real briefly, about his, uh, what, what, how did Jesus choose his friends? I mean, this is important. The first thing we see, number one, he prayed about them. 
Come on, as soon as he got to earth, he started praying, who am I going to pull around me? What 12 am I going to have as a group of people around me? Um, I'll give you the verse for that, uh, Luke chapter 6 and verses 12 and 13. Luke chapter 6, 12 and 13. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them, from them, from the crowd, he started choosing the twelve. And I just wonder sometimes, you know, as we come together and, 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 and maybe if our focus isn't so much on uh, how is it going to help me? How are you going to help me? That shouldn't be my criteria, really. Okay? How are you going to help me? And I'll choose you as my friend if you can help me. Uh, but, but Jesus prayed about this and said, he, he just gave him those 12 specifics. that just boom, 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 boom. And I just wonder sometimes, are we praying for our friends? The second criteria that he had was his friends lived in obedience to God. His friends were living in obedience to God. Now, we're talking about close friends. We're talking about just random. We're talking about close friends. John chapter 15 and verse 14 says, You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And these are the words of Jesus. And so he's highlighting, okay, what's the next thing that I should look for? I pray about my friends. And, okay, that's, that, that might sound a little bit odd to you or different because we don't do that. Again, we, we search for friends in a different way. A lot, oftentimes it's what we can get out of it and how easy they will be. And do they agree with me? You know, do they take my political stand? Do they take my everything stand? Then, then yeah, okay, you can come into my circle. But if you don't fit there, then back off. Don't be there, but he prayed for it, and now he's saying, hey, I want to find people that I'm going to have in the inner circle, the close friends that are obedient to God. You see them walking after God and being obedient to him. The third thing we see is Jesus chose his friends to be with them in order to see them succeed. So in other words, he didn't have just friends that were higher than what he was, because nobody could have been, of course. But he chose friends based in, in, in part about how he could potentially help them succeed in life. Mark chapter 3 and verse 14. And then he appointed the 12, what? That they might be with him, what? And that he might send them out to preach. So he had something in mind with these friendships. And, and as I've been uh, looking through and, you know, we're going to start some small groups up in February... I thought, wow, what are, what are part of these groups for? Well, hopefully it's to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hopefully it's to multiply. Hopefully it's to cause people that have the leadership capacity and ability to raise up a small group of people for a short season to do what? So that they can stay with them for the rest of their life or so that they can potentially go out and start another group. See, Jesus was raising them up so they could go out and do what he was doing. They were going to multiply, and that was the whole multiplication of the New Testament churches. They were being trained and prepared to go out. And I believe that in this next season, what we're going to see is the leadership potential that God has put in you is for a purpose greater than just knowing it or greater than just uh, uh, maybe sometimes using it. The fourth thing we see in Jesus' criteria, he chose friends who he could share his heart with. He chose friends who he could share his heart with. Listen to this verse. This is the one that we read earlier. No longer do I call you servants, speaking to his disciples. 
For a, deser- a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. And so there's, there's a, a depth in the relationship that he was looking for in the people he was going to get close to that had to do with sharing their heart. Now, I, I know that, you know, it, <clears throat> we sometimes categorize, categorize this uh, uh, away from us, but how many know that, that God wants you to have an open heart toward him? How many would agree with that? Would you say yes if you agree with that? We would, we would all say yes to that. But what we need to remember is this. In John, 1 John, he said, hey, if you can't love the person who you see, the one you're sitting next to, elbow them if you would, just so you know they're there. Uh, if you can't love them, you're fooling yourself to say that you can love me. So he's given us a, a hint, a big hint to say, hey, I want you to learn how to open your heart up. Because if you don't do that with each other, you're not probably doing it with me. Now, I know some people will bucket that, but that's just the Bible. <laughs> that's what he's just said, black and white. Hey, if, if you aren't doing it with each other, don't fool yourself thinking you're doing it with me. So there's this depth that he's trying to take us in that I, it's still mind-blowing to me. Again, the more I research it, I think, wow. God, you really want to have that kind of relationship with us. You want to, you want to be our friend. And, and what Jesus said, hey, he's going to show us everything if we allow that process to happen. But it has to happen here as well as here. And isn't that the two great commandments? Well, the first one is what? Love God with? And then the, what's the second one? Love your neighbor. Have we ever stopped to think about that? Wow, he narrowed everything down to two sentences. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. I thought, wow, that's amazing, isn't it? Okay, so Jesus also, uh, he, he, he proactively chose his friends. He proactively did this. It wasn't something that he waited for them to come. He initiated it. He went, after being in the crowd, he went and prayed and came back, and he actually went to those people and said, hey, I, I just want to be closer with you. And it's the same thing he does with you and I. You know, to become born again, it's him knocking on the door of our heart to do what? Open up to do what? He says, I'm going to come in, and I'm going to meet with you there, and I'm going to talk with you there, and we're going to have this relationship because you don't usually eat with people that you don't have relationship with. We're going to relate together at this new level, a family level. John 15, 16, you did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. The Bible says if any two agree, right? And so see, again, the whole of the scriptures are pulling us to this point, pulling us to this place to where we relate to him and each other to such a way that we're a part of his plan and purpose on the earth. Because he's coming back for one bride, the Bible says, one body, right? And he wants that body to be joined together. Matter of fact, the New Testament, they say in the New Testament, it talks about the fact that they will know me by God's love. It says your love, right? 
They're going to know me because they're going to see this in you. There's a new depth that's happening inside of you. Uh, it's, it's like they saw about Jesus. Wow, there's something about him that's different than everybody else. Somebody that can walk three and a half years in ministry, three and a half years in ministry and change the entire world. There was something about him at his, at his 100% man level that was different than anybody else had seen. It was so different that the people that spent the most amount of time with him in that time, literally, uh, they, they became martyrs for him. You can study history and you can realize all, those, all the disciples became martyrs for Jesus. I thought, wow. He had to have a sincerity of heart. If he was a fake, who would have died for him? Really. And, and, and people are still dying today for this man, this friend of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? That's just totally amazing. But he proactively chose it. He chose people. And I wonder if maybe for us, without making it mechanical, that we would pray and we really, well, God, this worked for you. It's going to work for me. I'm going to be proactive about this. There's some people that you want me, not everybody, but you want me to begin to connect with at a deeper level, and I'm going to be proactive about it. I'm going to take the initiative. I'm not just going to sit back and say, well, if they come to me, no, I'm going to take my part and my initiative, and I'm going to go after it because God has a greater purpose, and I believe that that's how we grow personally is when we begin to reach out to help others grow. The sixth thing, Jesus' friends, uh, they received his hard sayings. Now, I want to be very careful with this because he's not asking you to go around and rebuke all your friends every day. <laughs> okay? We don't want to go there. You know, he's the judge. But yet sometimes some of your friends need to hear a hard word, don't they? Sometimes you need to hear a hard word. Somebody needs to come to you and say, hey, listen, you know, you've been going down this road. I'm your friend. I love you. I care about you. But you know what you're doing, it's just going to destroy you. You don't see it right now, but it's about to destroy you. And, you know, this is a hard change, John chapter 6. And then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the word of eternal life. And so he came to him with this really direct thing. You know, he said, hey, listen, if you guys want to run, go for it. And so sometimes as a friend, we do have to speak into our other friend's life. And hopefully we've developed enough relationship that we're actually able to do that. Seventh thing that uh, we see Jesus concerning his friends is Jesus' friends were those who stood by him uh, through the trials. But stood by him through the hard times. Luke 22 and verse 28. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. And I thought about it, wow, you know, no, none of us would really say, yeah, we want some fair weather friends. <laughs> You know, it's all going well. They're with me. We're tight. We're good. But man, the first thing that something goes wrong, first time I blow it, first time I sin, first time I do something that's out of line, they run. They leave me where I'm at. Even though we know, it, 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 you know two are better than one, we can help each other, we can strengthen each other. Somebody that's not your friend is just going to run. He's going to flee. He's going to be out of there. And, and, and so as, as we look through those, hopefully we kind of see maybe where are we at and how's our criteria going for that. I thought about this. In and, and, and John, that John 15, 15, which we're becoming more familiar with, I think, is, you know, I don't want to call you a servant. I want to call you a friend. I kind of thought about that, and, and it's really, it's, uh, 
That's a tough one. You know, I know I've known people, maybe you have too, that Jesus is just their buddy buddy. Oh yeah, he's my chum. Yeah, me and Jesus. And you try to get serious with them, and that's kind of how they are. They're real flippant and real light about it. And it's like, wow. And as I was meditating about this, I thought, wow, how do we be friends with God, the creator? How does that really work? How do we really do that? And 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 the verse that came to my mind and you're familiar with this, is this. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friend. Now, I know there's going to be, there, there has to be respect because we are talking about God, the creator of the universe. But he created you in his likeness and in his image so that you can relate to him, not like you relate to your dog or, heaven forbid, a cat. Okay? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot cat lovers. <laughs> I'm getting better. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? He, didn't, he created you in his image and likeness so you could really have conversation and communication with him in that fashion. And, and yet he's saying, hey, a, really a friend that you would have is somebody that would completely lay their life down for you. I thought, wow, God, I, I, I can completely, I can completely uh, relate to you in a deeper fashion, more like a friend. I can share my heart with you, God. I can, you know, share my failures. You already know them anyway. Uh, you know, I can do all these things and I can get close to you, but I have to do it as a real relational thing. Okay, not, not, a, not a religious thing, not a, our Father, you are up in heaven, and I'm speaking to you this morning. You know, not that way, but literally, you know, God, you are my, you, you do want, you wanted to be friends with me. You wanted to have a close connection with me, and that's what I want. Because remember, when that has, is happening, he shows you stuff. You're not, you're not, not understanding the Bible. You're not, not, because why? He says he's going to show you those things. He's going to reveal things to you. For John, he showed him heaven. He said, man, I want you to see what's coming, John. I mean, think about the book of Revelation that he wrote. Like, wow, he must have seen something way beyond what we could. It was so undescribable that the terms he uses, we kind of shake our head at. But man, heaven is an amazing place. So how do we become friends with, with our tribe here? <laughs> Ecclesiastes, again, tells us two are better than one. And, and, and we come together in his name. And Proverbs talks about uh, 27, 17, iron sharpening iron, and one man sharpens another. And even that word there, the word sharp means to be alert and to be keen. In other words, I'm advancing because of the help I can receive from my brother. So I thought, okay, how do we, how do we be good BFFs? How do we really do that? So can I just, can I, can, I, can I grab something from, how many have heard of Dale Carnegie? Would you raise your hand if you've heard of him real high? I want to know. How many have heard, what's the name of his book? How to Win Friends and Influence People, right? Just about everybody's heard of this guy. Actually, you know, he's a fellow Missourian. He was born in Marysville, Missouri. He's actually buried in Belton, Missouri. But this guy, you know, died in 1955, approximately, you know, 60-some years ago. 
And yet today, they still use his material, they still make his quote, and this book, he sold over 75 million copies of. He was just an amazing guy. So here's what I did, okay? And, 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 and don't turn me off, but you might want to. I just grabbed some of his points on how do you become a good friend. Okay, I cut out part of them because I didn't want to go through all of them. I wanted to try to nail the ones that I thought would help us to be better friends. And you can buy his book if you'd like. It's, again, a very good book. Uh, okay, so let's just run through this real quick. The first one that he states is become genuinely interested in other people. Those, how are you going to be a good friend? Well, how interested are you in the person you want to develop that relationship with? Do you think about everything else but them when you're talking to them? Or do you really care about them? How are you doing that? What he's saying is be genuinely interested in them, which means you have to listen to what they're saying. How many know that's a problem in marriage sometimes? Okay? You, you learn more listening than you do talking. Can I just throw that out to you? We'll just leave it there. One guy said this here. He says, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get people interested in you. This is so true, isn't it? The second thing he says is, let other people feel like their ideas are good too. Kind of goes along with that, you know, when you're, when you're talking with somebody or if you've ever been around somebody that always tries to one-up you, you say something, they have something here. You say something, they have something higher. You know, it's just kind of constant, you know, wait a minute, this is not a back and forth. I want you to engage in what I'm doing. I want you to hear my heart. I want you to engage with me and care about me and care about what I'm doing. But oftentimes, that, sometimes that's not the case. You know, don't, don't, don't struggle to try to get all the credit in that conversation, in that relationship for that matter. But learn how to help other people feel like their ideas are good too. The third thing he says is talk about your own mistakes before talking about theirs. Can you think of a scripture that would go with that? Maybe something about a beam? Kind of a scriptural thing here, okay? So take, in other words, hey, when you're, when you're talking to somebody and they blew it, you know, don't start by just pointing the finger and giving them your favorite go to hell verse. But <laughs> I remember in counseling once they... Uh, I heard, not in counseling, but uh, I heard in the, in the context of counseling people, they say, it's good just to dangle them over a hell for a little while before you tell them that they're safe. But it's, we're saying, don't do that. Let's, let's, let's be honest. We're all, we all blow it at times. And, and maybe it would help that person uh, to break down their pride and, and allow them to come back to a point of real humility so that they can be changed. If I'm not so confident that I talk to them without really maybe sharing with them, man, I've blown it too like that. I'm talking about getting close to your friends here. I'm talking about opening your heart, being honest with them, helping them out like we read earlier. The third thing, the fourth thing is talk in terms of the other person's interest. Don't let it always be about you. And, and again, Dale Carnegie in his book has, has been amazing. I, 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 I can't think of very many leadership seminars that I've been to that haven't brought his name up. It's absolutely phenomenal. <clears throat> so talk in terms of the other person's interest. Don't let it all be about you. The fifth thing he says is give honest and sincere appreciation. Truly care. Don't flatter through words, but appreciate through the heart. Don't flatter with words, but appreciate through the heart. Some people have a real struggle 
with trying to do that because it requires opening up your heart. I read a quote. It says, flattery is from the tongue, but sincere appreciation is from the heart. It's from the heart. And, and, uh, and so and the, the sixth thing he says is uh, give the other person a fine reputation to live up to. In other words, instead of pointing them to how bad they are, what if we just started encouraging people in how great that God has made them? Right? I mean, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You're, you're not the old person that you might be acting like today because you've been made a new creation if you've been born again. And let's speak to that instead of maybe always pointing, pointing, pointing to the wrong things. But let's come along our friends and, and lift them up. Maybe, maybe they don't feel that today. Maybe they feel so horrible because they blew it. And they just need somebody to come alongside them and say, no, that's really, you know, as, as a born-again believer. As a born-again believer, are you a new creation? Yes. Is that right? Yes. Old things are what? Yes. Let's begin to tell people that. We're just so over-concerned that they, if we don't tell them they're going to go to hell for something, that they're going to keep sinning. Guess who does that the best? Come on. Who's the accuser of the brethren? That's all the enemy ever points out to me when I blow it is what I did wrong. I've never once heard the devil say, you know, you are a new creation and you can live differently. You can go down a different route. You don't have to do that. You were just tricked and deceived into doing that, but you don't have to. No, he's never told me that. I don't know about you, but I don't have that kind of relationship with him anyway. The seventh thing, the power of identity. Again, we're back to the, the whole concept of, you know, who has God made us to be? We are a new creation. And we begin to see that. We begin to pursue that. Um, it's kind of like the whole thing. And, and I think it probably applies to life, it, is that the, the best way to get rid of the weeds in your yard is what? Keep spraying them with dandelion killer that now kills us? Or have a healthy lawn? Everybody will tell you, you have a healthy lawn, it will deal with your, your weeds. And I thought, wow, that's amazing for us. You know, we, again, we're just so... Uh, sometimes I don't know that we give people uh, the right type of information for them to make it. And then the, just the last thing, just, and these are, those were just practical things, I think, for us. How do we build uh, different relationships is talk about using people's names. Using people's names when you talk to them. You know, and your name is the most favorite thing you'd ever like to hear unless your name might be Gertrude. I better shouldn't have said that. But anyway, if you have a really bad name... <laughs> I no longer call you a servant, but I call you a friend. God wants to open the door in our hearts in a deeper way than ever before about this whole concept of friends. How do I grow deeper with one another and with him? And as I grow with one another and I learn to open my heart to one another and build relationship with one another... I promise you, according to the Word of God, that you will begin to grow closer to Him. He has something much deeper for you. A good friend usually makes you happy, don't they? <laughs> you know, you just like to be around them, you know, you don't have to talk. Just to be around them kind of brings some comfort and some encouragement. 
and it just kind of fills your tank a little bit. And God wants that to, to be with him as well as with each other. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, strength. And love. You didn't just say like even. To love your neighbor as yourself. I want to pray for two things. Maybe bring us back, you know, to the, uh, the questions that we started with or ended with last week. And I kind of started with today. Is I have some friends that I need to step back from. Just need to take a step back. Doesn't mean you need to dump them because you should be influencing them. But you don't want them to be so close that they're influencing you in the wrong way. Number two, I have some people I need to allow to be my friends. I need to enlarge my friendship circle. I know it takes work, and sometimes we don't like to do that. But, man, it's such a topic in the Bible. There's just something here deeper than what I ever imagined when I got started on this thing. And I'm being challenged. Number two, I need to maybe be a better friend. And I know this applies to us just as people, but also in our marriages. You know, as I studied this whole concept and and, and gone through scores of uh, information, your friendship level affects everything about your life, even your health, they say. To not have intimate friends would be like, I can't remember the number, it's just a ridiculous number, but uh, several people that have studied this say, not having close friends, like we're trying to talk about close friends, is, is worse than smoking eight packs of cigarettes a day on your health. Now, when you look around the world and we see the loose relationships that we all have in, 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 uh, in life, you know, there's lots of mistrust. There's lots of arguments over stupid political things. There's just, you know, all, you can think of anything to argue about. And our culture is kind of feeding that more and more. And now I'm, I'm able to say, you know, I got this many friends. And, and, and as long as I get this many likes, I'll be relatively happy today. And, and, and so we're getting to that place. But look at the amount of sickness that's all around us today. We keep trying. We got some of the most amazing brain people doing surgeries that are so beyond our understanding, but we cannot keep up with what's going on. So what's going on? Well, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's something here for us to just get a hold of and say, God, I just want to do this. And and I am by no means saying if you're sick today, that's why it is. Okay, let's not even go there. But I'm just giving us something to maybe really take in that is a bigger Bible subject than I ever dreamed it was. So if you could just let me pray for you. I'm going to just pray for two areas. Again, just our friendships as well as our marriages. And if you're by your spouse, just grab their hand and uh, let's just pray. Let's just ask for God's great, amazing help if we could do that. Father, I thank you today (laughs) for your goodness. I pray, Father, for us first as your church. You said that we were your people, and we were the people of your, uh, Lord, we were the people, your people. And that, Father, today, as we even look at the landscape of the people that you put around us here, 
that we would begin to uh, take it more serious. We would begin to take it deeper. And, and that, Father, you would begin to direct us in this. Help us to come back to that biblical position of being your people, your church, gathering those that are called out. And Lord, just help us, even with our friendships and our relationships, to know of those two things. Who do I need to maybe back off a little bit from uh, being the inner circle of my life and maybe those that I need to connect with in a different way. And also, Father, just help us, uh, Lord, in this, in our marriages, that we would begin to, uh, Lord, take a deeper look at our friendship within our marriage. And, and, and that, God, we would begin to grow closer together and to have greater understanding, greater friendship than ever before in our, in our homes. God, I thank you for that. And I just pray for every person here that you would just take all the scriptures that we looked at, all the thoughts that we had, and help us to just go through them and reconsider, Lord, where we're at and how we might be able to be transformed by the power of your word and your Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name, and everybody that agrees said, amen.